0: I want to introduce you first because we've been talking here for a little bit and I don't want to run out of time before we get to talk about the most important thing that I I want to share with the public today which is your journey and how inspiring that has been Uh, seeing you do all these things and how you you share your content so so passionately and uh, that's you know that's one of the main uh, objectives of this podcast is to give people different avenues to explore and to see what they resonate with you know because i'm not here to just say you know the things that i think about and what i agree on i've realized that it's also important to talk about even the things that i might not agree with so much but that i find really intriguing and that i think are maybe going to spark other people because it's like you were saying earlier they're coded a certain way and we all have specific missions to accomplish here and yeah so Without further ado, is that how you say it? I'm going to cut that off. That's not how you say that. Without further ado, anyway, cut, cut. <laughs> welcome to welcome to uh, the Dream Podcast, Ryan. And um, what can you say, just you know, to introduce yourself? Um, for from what I know, you are an entrepreneur, entrepreneur. You're a former pro driver and also a wingsuit pilot, right?
1: Yeah. So extreme sport athlete. Um, I guess I started my journey young. I left home at 15 and I kind of built my own entire world going through different lessons of darkness and different lessons of losing everything twice in my life actually became a professional formula car driver after I lost everything. So that was an interesting time in learning lessons and being able to dive into the depths of um, different aspects of our programming you know, and go through it and pull myself out and find that signal. Um, at times before, information like this was available, you know, we had to do it the tough way and build that. But now I'm at a point where I own all of that, you know, all of that applies to my lessons and things that I can use and, and now teach former versions of myself when I sense people are going through similar lessons. I can share codes or, or plant seeds or offer breadcrumbs to them. So that they can kind of work to that instead of just help. Them. Um, but yeah, moving into uh, professional race car driving for six years, um, one of the things I learned there was feedback and sensitivity. I would be going at very high speeds, I'd be operating at uh, a heart rate between 160 and 170 beats per minute. Cars around me, going to different tracks, racing Brazil, all through the states. But I would have to sense the feedback of the car and feel the car and translate that to my engineer in real time under these States and then adjust the feedback. And uh, this, this taught me a lot of lessons about how the small changes and sensitivities within our bodies can create massive changes. If, if, if the car adjusts just, you know, 10 millimeters or half a centimeter down the road, it changes the race quite a bit. If we break a little bit later, if the downforce has changed, if the tires wear out, if the brake bias is different, all of these adjustments that we make in our life are very much attuned to all the adjustments with our belief systems, how we respond to emotions, how we think, where we put our attention, and they make massive changes throughout life. So we're focusing on these internal sensitivities and starting to build them up and strengthening them we notice that we become more of a participant in the human experience. We start to download more, more of ourself, more of our real self <clears throat> and have different perspectives and things that we do, um, which has been really empowering. And, uh, moving from racing, I started to skydive, uh, get into base jumping, uh, wingsuiting, and that was a journey. And a lot of people think it's, it's an adrenaline thing, but it was actually a journey to um, complete responsibility and accountability. I remember when when I first started, uh, I saw I saw these people jumping off cliffs in Norway and how they spoke after was just from this point of absolute freedom and responsibility. And I wanted to learn that. So I started my journey. I started skydiving like everyone else. Um, My first, you know, 10 jumps where I was in my head quite a bit. It was hard to, like, reach back and, you know. learn what to do next. And there's a lot of thinking in my head, but the more I did it, the more I call I started to cultivate this internal setting and this internal s- skill set that I would take to a point where four months later I was training, jumping off bridges, practicing for Norway, um, jumping with some of the best in the world and free flyers through my journey. And uh I would be in the air and I could look where I parked my car at some point so I would start to cultivate this trust that I carried with me and I didn't eat it outside until I was standing on the edge of a cliff in Norway and everything like came to me packing that one parachute me checking the wind me walking up and the the mind is is going to tell you a million reasons why you can't do it or don't do it or all these things and fears come and you have to step inside, step outside of that, and go to all of the skills and everything that you've done through that year. Full accountability. I check this. I check this, and then completely surrender, and and jump off that cliff. And once you jump off, there's no going back. There's no. The mind is it, it accepts it completely, and it's this this feeling of freedom and and massive accountability. And then everything that you've prepared for comes comes to you, and you just perform. And then when you actually land and you focus, you land, what happens is you feel accomplished and you learn something. You learn learn that the mind tricks you quite a bit. And the programming and fears that are given to us are just there to sharpen us and strengthen us. Because without all of the resistances that we have in life and the challenges we have in life, we would never evolve if we go for comfort and safety. So looking at that, from a perspective of step-by-step-by-step-by-step by step by step by step learning things, learning the feedback. Um, I worked with very advanced brain coaches during my racing to learn feedback and linguistics and programming and throughout my whole life of everything that I've done, it seems to be coming all together right now um, to be able to use to actually, at the end of the day, become a more of a participant as being a human and experiencing being a human from different aspects of myself and being able to look at all of the challenges identities personalities as opportunities to learn these greater lessons of trust and desire and what I desire and worthiness and you know there's a thousand of them but to be really in tune with them instead of them taking control of me and me going into unconscious patterns or programs that were put in when I was a child um, from my family passed down, from society, from, you know, Edward Bernays, um, you know, the nephew of Sigmund Freud, the psychoanalysis, He started using that to into the marketing and, you know, everything, the world can seem like it's a lot of information, everything is out there just to take our attention. And it realized that our attention is the most valuable thing that we hold, where attention goes, energy flows, and it's what we power. So we can power our fears. We can power our doubts, we can power our, our creativity to bring in things into the world. And uh, we, I learned a lot of that through the last decade in, in the work that I've done um, and bringing it into bringing it into the world now and, and becoming a father in like six weeks as well. Um, it's, now this is it's very time is slowed down. Mm. it's like a very position and one of my colleagues and and business partners actually uh, taught me or passed on the code of godspeed and i know god has a a lot of programming in the word god love trauma heal it's got a lot of individual programming to it but it just means to be on that perfect pace not too fast not too slow but just following the signal that perfect pace and it, it sits you into this very confident conviction of work things come to you and follow you and it's like you're leading into this unpredictability um, with your heart instead of your mind mm. and that leads the way if you fall off there's the law of consequence right which gives you that feedback and you take that adjustment through the templates and then you get back on that that Godspeed and now it's about slowing down and passing on the quality of these teachings that I've learned through generations because the next generation of children are much faster and stronger because they have a they're gonna have a better start in life than I did. Obviously, I was, you know, I come from a broken family, so does my wife, and we did lots of work, you know, over the years. And now we get to like all the work that we've done on ourselves and all the work. Now we can now we are in a place where we can, you know, pass on remnants of that work for our child to learn, but at the same time get give, give our child space to grow. And give it the proper lessons of empowering and choosing and starting, starting him off at a really good pace, you know, because how we start is everything. The the little tiny nuances of everything. So now the mission is just is just to be on that God speed and to do the work and and to be able to pass it down and pass it down generationally at this this perfect pace. So this is something that I'm learning now, becoming a father. These codes are coming in. Um, realizing just sitting into day by day and all the work and and understanding and fine tuning the the different cell cellular DNA changes that are coming every day. It's just noticing that, noticing that, and just like coming into it and then having the universe and everything kind of give us everything for the next step. It's like the first, I'm 40 now and it's like the first 40 years of my life prepared me, what i'm doing now Mm. so yeah it's a little journey right now
0: oh that's beautiful and i do want you to to uh tell us a little bit more about what you mean by um staying on signal yeah what do you mean by that
1: so signal can be different for everyone Um, it's kind of like tuning into a radio station it's where, where you get to the point of thinking, thinking, fear, fear, signal, until you you kind of feel like you're just on pace. And you're, you're receiving information through the superconscious. You're receiving insight, and your, your rational mind is out of the way. The rational mind likes to get in the way all the time and stop things from happening. And this is an act of the personality. So we have personalities which are limited perspectives. We only know what we know we wear these different personalities and different interactions. So we'll wear a certain personality with our mother, <coughs> with our boss, with our friends, going into base jumping. These are all templates that have different belief systems and different programmings and also different opportunities for us to see. We're projecting our events out and what comes back is how we have to discern, um, how we have to understand what comes through that lens of beliefs. And we're able to understand what comes back through the lens of the least by, by sensing it, stepping out and, and following that signal. And, um, being on signal is, is being on Godspeed. It's being on that specific pace where we don't feel out of line, where we're actually listening to our being on signal is, is being in a flow state in the race car. It's being in a flow state in the wingsuit to where we're directing, we're directing our path based on the feedback. Rather than um, being pulled to our fears or our beliefs or our programming out there, and just being open to not needing to know what that is, you know, wow. it's like
0: yeah.
1: it's like I say, uh, imagine a color you've never seen. Mm. You know what that does is it, it opens the opportunity to explore new information. Um, you know it's possible, but we can't quite grasp it with our rational minds. And it teaches us this little layer of, and this little lesson that we are going to learn things we've never experienced before, and as the only way to do that is to be open to it, right. sensing, sensing it first, not thinking it first. You know, taking in for information through the superconscious mind, which is very connected to our our soul, spirit, whatever the words are, different for each person. But obviously, we have epiphanies, we have a different layers of bodies and minds and everything, and without getting too ingrained into a belief system in that construct of what it is, it's a sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what we were talking about before. Cats can really teach us this. It's sometimes I tell people to imagine they have whiskers. (laughs) And this is much like a higher sensory perception It's because the cat doesn't think about its whiskers. It's just another layer of sense that it gets the input to add it to, to the perception of, of everything and, and like i was saying earlier um cats we we have uh, i have a friend of mine that worked um in bolivia for two years on a uh, a rescue a rescue foundation with a full-size jaguar named katie and he would walk the jaguar for two months every day feed it full size and it took him a, it took him time to build a relationship with it he said that uh the jaguar and the house cat is absolutely no different in personality they just have different bodies and where I'm going with this is that these cats are the proof of work of nature through their precision and adaptability moving around, getting pushed out of their territory. All they have is their senses and their instinct and their adaptability. They don't have drama. And uh, they're brilliant. Every step when you go, what's fascinating to me right now is the snow leopard. So the mm-hmm. snow leopard, very, very small environment. And uh, they need to be so precise and adaptable that if they missed more than two or three kills they don't have enough food to feed them and their family so they have to to choose every step of energy and in their entire lives they they might need one mate to have kids yet they survive and they don't complain and they operate on this this brilliance of like the proof of work of nature mm. and it's like learn a lot from from these animals and their spirits and their time over the thousands of years that we kind of ignore because we try to think of them through the lens of a human like it wants to do something my cat wants to eat me or my cat operate like that it's operating on a different scale of reality so they're definitely teachers and i definitely have a fascination and connection with jaguars and snow leopards and everything because i think they're just absolutely brilliant teachers all all of these master animals the eagle the falcon you know it's like they did a lot of work through thousands and thousands of years and that's why they're there they're they're the proof of that so it also shows us that we have a lot of work to do um with our species and the the spirit and the higher self and the soul and whatever you want to call it even the word higher self it seems like it's being uh it's like a carrot on a stick it's always something so far away from us we're chasing the higher so the linguistics and the language that we use to describe these things it it seems to always push things out and we're always chasing them so it's interesting to step things but that aspect of of ourselves just cares about getting things done it doesn't care about the dramas and personalities and the identities in our daily lives and the of consequence and um, how that is reflected back to us it's it always operates as teaching lessons whether we choose a a path of ease or whether we choose a path of stepping back and starting to notice, um, what does this mean? What does this event mean? Um, it it all leads to the lesson at the end of the day. There's, there's no, no end to, to, this human process. It's just, we, we, we were born and we die and we pass on what we can, but it's about having more being more participant here, understanding things that come to us. Right, alchemizing it instead of chasing things outside of us. The things that everything comes to us. It's it's how much do we notice? How much in in the wingsuit or the race car do we fine tune things? And we're like, oh, this this vibration means this. I can trace it back. I can trace back this emotion uh, to a belief that means this. Or and if I adjust it this way, I can I can let it. You know, I know it's going to change my race. And it's uh, people are always focusing on on the car. The race car the body it's the vessel it's the it's the brain and they're tinkering what if i change the engine this way and what if i do it this way and what if i adjust this way and they they miss the driver and the driver is the mind and the mind comes in comes into the race car and it operates and it gives us this feedback and how we're operating our feedback in life fine tunes it makes a lot of changes on on where what direction we take or, or what course we change you know yeah. and how much adjust that so it's uh we're learning this as we go.
0: Yeah, I love the analogies and I've used cars a lot when I talk to people as well in highways and like how you can veer off your path or the roundabouts that we have and how you can like go back and, you know, if you revisit sometimes a lesson, it's like you kind of have to turn around and, you know, look at it again and then keep moving forward. But yeah, I just, I love that because that makes it really clear for people. I think, you know, these types of analogies that are based on your real life experience and i also wanted you to talk a little bit more about um uh, intention versus attention because you mentioned that the other day when we were talking and i was like yeah i think that's important to to bring up you know
1: there's a few teachers i work with and you know um that taught me this i've also i've also been in martial arts i started martial arts at five years old i spent about 12 years in different types of martial arts Mm -hmm. um so i learned energy movement and different things at, at a earlier level and um not until recently i didn't understand the the actual power of that because being able to move the mind around um there's there's different our attention is all over the place right now right so when we start with an intention we start from a limited perspective of personality it's something that our ego the ego is a heavy word so i don't like to use it too much um it's it's perceived in different ways let's just say we have different personalities, different masks that we wear. And sometimes these personalities draw us to events that we want an end. We want to get a relationship because it's its like we want to feel loved. But in actuality, we may desire to feel worthiness through the relationship. So we may show up with an intention to feel loved, right? And that intention changes because an intention is is a process of thinking, what do you want? What do I want? Is it what you desire? Is it the same? So you show up with an intention and then you, you start to observe your process and you start to discover your process, right? As you go through this new journey of this relationship. And that once you, once you change the language to discover, you're just discovering more about yourself and you're starting to find these, these little, these little hints and these little things along the way that like, oh, like by putting the observation of my process and then putting the attention on something, I start to power and feed the attention of what's happening. And I get to discover things about myself and I get to bring up like, wow, I just, I need to learn worthiness in this relationship. That's what I truly desired through this process. Instead of, I want love. I want something outside of myself. I'm seeking, I'm trying to get something outside. If we're seeking love, it's, it's just a template. It's just now we have a personality that, that allows us to, have the opportunity and challenge to find that to be drawn the personality is drawn to that but the soul or the greater self or whatever you want to call it desires us to learn that lesson so that we can attract it to us. when we when we truly have worthiness we can attract things to us um, And it's just like going through a video game level right We have the soul as the player and then the the, the video game character is the personality and we need that video game character to pass that level. You know, so it can get the skills to the next level. What we desire, and the soul is just speaking through sensation and intuition. It can't tell them what to do. So, it's uh, as a as a fun analogy. It's like we're just uh, going through different levels and gaining this experience and skills, and then passing it down, passing it down. But it all leads to the original. Uh, what what empowers you? Any teachings that that put power outside of yourself in different modalities or different things that you need to as a crutch um the, the, it's one of the, the things I have in my discernment anything that has escape or save or put power outside of myself I look at it different I look at the encryption in those teachings um and I I filter it through that lens we, were, we have many tools and many things and, and many things to help us through life but when we need to use these as tools like right now we're talking on a cell phone the internet we, we met on social media, this will be on social media. It's all about the user. It's about our accountability and the same accountability that I had on the edge of the cliff in Norway. Um, we can scroll through our phone and have dopamine hits and, and we can have ideas. And yeah, the system is out there to do that. But it's also a beautiful practice for us to sharpen and evolve beyond it because we wouldn't be able to share information or connect without this technology. And it all comes down to the user. It all comes down to your full accountability that everything happens to is you. It's, it's irresponsible. There's no victim, you know, victimizer program. And these, there's, a, there's many technologies coming in. And one of the things that concerns me is uh, artificial intelligence that's coming in into a predictable way and, and taking the reins. But we almost asked for it. You know, we, we come into life and we're like, we don't know what to do. I don't know myself. I need to find myself. Tell me what to do. Give me safety. And we're almost manifesting or or creating the space for artificial intelligence to be like, okay, come in, stand here, do this. It's efficient. Be good. You know, into this this system that's almost like the matrix. Um, This takes power outside of ourself and understanding that life unfolds unpredictably because we're creating it. Same as quantum mechanics, you know, the double slit experiment. Everything's a probability until we observe it and collapse it. Right. So this is the, the macro of people, the most if everyone's looking at something, it it, it becomes part of a host and anchor in the reality.
0: I have, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to just interrupt you because I'm going to forget because this double slit experiment and everything just brought to mind something that a lot of people have been talking about in my field lately. And I want to know your, your opinion real quick. The non-playable character. What do you think about that?
1: The non-playable or oh, like the NPC? Yeah. Talking about, um, I think that's people that have fallen so far off the signal. Like it, it doesn't matter, like we can describe architects so much, but we're actually empowering them by describing them and giving them our energy. Instead, we notice them like the whiskers on cats. They're just in our field, you know? And the more we give power to, the more the mind, the mind, the rational mind loves to split an atom until it can't split an atom, it doesn't realize that in the quantum world, the more you split an atom, the more it creates an atom splitting opportunity. It's it's endless, right? So the NPCs, um, they they just they fill in the blanks. I guess I don't notice them. They don't. It, it's great. I actually like them because they fill in the blanks. But my attention goes to what I want to power and where I want to move into. So I would just say that uh, they are just possibly fragmented. They uh, they're not on signal. They haven't found signal yet. I mean, like in the in the Matrix movie, right? Morpheus doesn't go around trying to wake up the NPCs, you know, you know, actually here, think about this, this came to me right now, which is interesting, and I've been exploring. In this holographic reality, our beliefs, collective beliefs, need to hold a, a layer of, of how it works, right? So if this layer isn't held by a certain group of the masses, the hologram kind of gets shifting what is real what is not real so if everyone believes a specific physics or science and they're looking at it it creates a realm where we can operate in right mm. so mpcs are actually holding this belief and they're hosting and looking at this reality so they're actually anchors into the reality and then you actually have the people that have worked in the scientists and and whatever programming that that have a signal for them to actually host to to host this specific reality. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, I have been thinking the same kind of stuff. I had this dream. Sorry, just real quick. I had this dream where someone was saying, um and someone was gonna die and they're like oh but they don't have to die if they don't want to or something like that it's like they just want to die and that's what they're gonna do so it's that their belief right and then all of a sudden someone in the dream was like oh I'm gonna die if they die and then the other person changed their mind and they didn't die in the end it was just about their belief you know that they were that's what, what was gonna happen and I'm like yeah it's all about like really what we believe ourselves but also the collective consciousness it- that is, yep. like you said, I totally believe this too. It's like it anchors in that belief. Like if everybody thinks that eating a ton of meat—just to give an example—eating a ton of meat is going to make you buff, and you know, eating a ton of protein—that's what makes you really buff. That's exactly what's going to happen to everyone, regardless of if they believe it or not, because it's anchored in, like you said, right? That makes sense. And
1: what anchors everyone in this in this uh, reality is their their work and their time right and obviously time is not linear that's a whole other thing like time is a tapestry but uh we work we have a certain amount of time here we work and we hold our time but our energy is actually held outside of us it's held into money the monetary system and a lot of us don't understand it people don't realize the entire whoever controls the money controls Portion of where we put our attention and where we put our attention, and we put our attention on our beliefs, right? And if we put our attention on these beliefs, it helps anchor this specific video game level or this specific reality of how it works. And um, that's changing right now. Where what's happening is there's a lot of friction within the world powers. And I don't want to get into this too much, but we're almost obviously there's some sort of bifurcation happening right now. Um, But the, the, we're splitting mm-hmm. off into more tribal different communities. So there's big tech, there's pharma, there's um, US, there's bricks, there's um, different types of money is being tested different type of values being tested And there's There's a lot of things and, and everyone is after the capture of the attention, because if we're all not looking at something, it has no power. It has no reality. It's just like the, the double slit experiment that if, if you have to, everything's a probability wave until it's observed and that collapses it in, into a, a form of particle, right? So it collapses into something that we can experience off Of um, What connects everything is, is our time and energy, is our life force that we can actually hold. And if we're pushed to create a certain velocity or we can't hold it and save it for time, and if the value goes down, That's a massive aspect of where we're looking because we can actually, they can actually fund large, you know, large uh, societal projects for everyone. Hey, look over here, look at this event. You know, everyone looks at the event, they power the event and then new structures are made. Um, The greatest greatest thing, greatest control is human slavery and human slavery is not, it can be labor, but at the end of the day, it's where everyone's looking. So if you get everyone looking at a certain aspect, it collapses and in certain belief systems, it collapses and anchors that reality. Um, And then when we start to play in this reality, um, as we start to push our ideas into reality, the more people that start to collect our ideas of being empowered, um, not having power outside yourself, it starts to disrupt this a little bit. Um, this is what's happening right now. So. There's nobody coming to save us there's nobody coming to fix our problems um it's just us it's us looking it's us putting our attention on things that are aligned with that signal and the more people that do that the more it starts to shift things it all happens in you so what what interests the mind is not necessarily what we want to feed all the time things can be interesting but they stay linear
0: Right. Yeah. Can you expand a little bit on that? Because I do think it's important to, um, I guess, emphasize on the fact, you know, I guess some people I've seen a lot of like going down like the the path of least resistance. I think that's what people call it. It's like, oh, if it feels good, I'm going to do it. And if it's scary, then I'm not going to do it. And I I always like to say, yeah, okay, if it feels good, yeah, do it. But sometimes we do have to kind of overcome certain fears or certain barriers that we put on ourselves to explore certain things that might be really meant for us, right? So I think that's a little bit about what you were saying earlier, too.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, we can go into, like, seven hours of this, right? (laughs) I know, right? um. I'm trying not to touch on too many things because, like, there's there's certain patterns and layers that I've built over you know many years that I can hold these ideas without needing them in my brain, right? They're held in the superconscious, um, so it's easy for me to pull things. But it's a lot; it, it can lead to a million things. So it's like stable.
0: it just um, opened up a whole file of like it seems like a zip file just kind of <laughs> flying.
1: And the more the more I open it, it up, the more I learn myself. it starts to activate the more we share it um but uh yeah it, it all comes down to the individual and the basics the basic rules the basic code that you have you know and some of the basic code that you can have is that anything that gives my power outside of myself like step back and sense it with those whiskers you know um does it does it serve you or does it serve the identity you know is this something you want or is it something you desire um save your programs anything that's escape i need to escape save that's disempowered how does that feel you know anything um staying on signal is is staying on accountability responsibility um staying out of victim victimizer all of these things that that can be looked at it um from how they sense at the level of like when you're wingsuiting or you're racing a car everything happens at the subtle changes so if we are able to go back to these subtle changes and, and have these codes and these lenses that we apply to everything that comes to us, it starts, things start to get more clear and they start to assimilate quickly and we digest them faster. And then what we don't need, we, we discard. And it starts to happen for us instead of us going and practicing it. So the, the, the more fine-tuned you can get to, the, to your basic laws and your basic rules, the better that you can you can look through the lenses. Of what's coming to you, and that's where we start because then it doesn't get too complicated. Things don't get too complex like what what a lot of people are doing now, especially in the mental health industry, is uh, they're trying to they're trying to micromanage their personality, what their personality wants. They're trying to I need to give my personality safety. I need to give my personality compassion and love and everything. And that's cool, but at the end of the day, um, the the soul or spirit doesn't care. It just, it's just here to get things done, to complete its contracts. And you're here and it's here to learn through you. Um, and it all comes from love, a place of love, whatever that word is to everyone. It all comes from that and, and source at the beginning, source signal, you know, whatever it's, it's a perception. And I think that how we look at these things is from a very cloudy, where our species is at right now. It, it, it can, we can only accept it as like, there's there's things far greater than us that we can't hold and understand in this form here in this reality. And we need to be open to that. We're not gonna learn everything. We're not gonna ever know everything that we need to know, but we can sense things and we can be guided and we can start to learn things through a process that start to assimilate at the exact pace that it needs to. We're, we're in, we need to slow down because AI is moving so fast and these technologies are moving so fast and what's powering us is us trying to keep up with them.
0: Hmm. do you, I have a question about the AI then um because you were saying something that made me think, well it seems like AI yeah it's like this this separate thing do you consider it as a separate thing from us something that kind of evolved from the you know this uh, you know people call it the Phantom Matrix Et etc. Um, yeah what do you think what are your thoughts on 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 how it it came to be?
1: I think AI is is a is a horrible word for it artificial intelligence um i think we go back instead of describing its characteristics in a form of a construct which will always have distortion in because that's how the rational mind likes to understand things we like to bring it down to this reality and when we actually capture senses into words it it loses so much and then it becomes into the programming of spelling like good morning or morning the day you know grand rising there's a different energetic to everything right weekdays obviously the theological programming and language is there Um, So when we start, when we start to simplify it and connect it to a large, because because of our reversals and our shadow, a large part of us wants to feel safety and outside of ourselves. We want to feel, we want to know, we want predictability, right? So a large portion of us is asking for something to come in. The shadow is asking for something to come in to capture that, to guide us into predictability we know that life is not predictable the 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 human experience is an unpredictable unfolding process so the more we move to that and finding that signal being okay that we are creating as we go in a reality that we don't create we start to get empowered because we start to get the answers that we need and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter about the ai at that point because the the ai or whatever technology technological systems come to us will be there to serve us because everyone's trying to get away from their phone right now and like go into the forest and get away from their phone and not look at it i can't remember more than three phone numbers now you know it's like there's no way that that my logical mind is going to keep up to technology ever 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 now so i'm okay with like using my phone to talk to you to use it as gps and to use it to store my numbers and use it as calculator but i'm going to advance my consciousness and I'm going to take more, more accountability in my human experience and what I create and the events that I create in my life and the emotions that I feel and the challenges that come in are all me. I create all of them. I project all of them into this world. And the more that I can fine-tune and sense them and understand them, the, the better I get at being here. Is the better, the more my true self comes into this body and I build that, that nervous system for it to come. And all the noise out there, it, it only operates from my attention. So I, I I can't fix the result of somebody's projection, but I can change the way that I project.
0: Mm, yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Um so what you're saying is that so according to you, who who is creating this this reality that that we're seeing or you know that everyone is seeing? I don't know.
1: I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay. Right. It, it, I, I don't have, I don't have the, the knowledge or access to a direct answer. I can't find it in signal and it because it doesn't matter to my contract or my, or my soul. It, because the more attention I give that, the more power it takes me off signal. I can look at it at some point. But how, how can we change global events by giving them our emotion and attention? Things that make us angry that are happening around in the world. I can only change myself, right? Right. If I'm trying to fix somebody else outside of myself, it's mirroring something that I'm trying to fix. in me,
0: Right. But then, I mean, it's this constant, like, I guess, questioning of people, like, uh, is there really something outside of yourself to begin with kind of thing, you know, or, you know, can we really say that? Or are you creating everything? That's, that's the question. That's why I asked you, like, what was your opinion, right? Some people would say uh, you're creating this, you know, that's, it's you. And other might, others might say it's a God. Others might say it's AI. you know, so that's why I wanted to know your perspective.
1: And then I'm trying to pull away from from the rational mind, trying to want the, the interesting aspect, because we don't find answers there. We don't find answers in words. We never find answers in our language. We find answers in sensing and knowing and the, the super conscious and, and the, the, can, the way that the minds work. You know, we have the subconscious, we have the rational mind, the instinctual mind, and the superconscious mind. They all work on, di- on different levels of information that's given to us, right? And the last point is that we, we take it through the rational mind and we're able to bring it into the third dimensional reality. Um, everything will come to you. All the knowledge is available. You have to be ready for it. And if it's interesting, you're not ready for it. If you're able to use it and assimilate it to your path and to your contract, it'll show up when it's ready. So the teacher shows up when the student's ready and the same thing is knowledge, because with knowledge, you get on the path of wanting to know something. And then once you start to know it and sense it, you get off that path onto the next one. Mm. And knowledge, knowledge is always uh, assimilating. It's doing it for us. We are taught in a, in a linear form of, of learning since we're very young, we're taught away from our natural senses. And we need to learn something linear. we need to study it, study it, study it, and then regurgitate it to fit into society and to do work. and we're coming from the industrial revolution, where we're being you know taught and, and positioned to be labor, work, work. Now we're going into the next exponential age of of uh, technology into worlds and and like we're going into a point where we where we we are farmed for our attention, you know, and like. It starts by noticing what pulls our attention by what's interesting to us and does it serve us? And is it serve us for a signal? And sometimes what's very interesting to us is is part of the way that we find these little data packs that we can add to to our path. And our path changes all the time, you know, this path and this path. I had no idea I'd be living where I am, doing what I am right now, a year ago. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, like, kind of following where I'm pulled. I'm being pulled this way. I'm being pulled into this lesson. And I don't get in my own way. If it if it feels right, I go. And I and I don't worry about it being the wrong choice ever. Ever. Because it, it always ends up as a lesson. And it's always done that the last 40 years of my life. So tuning into to sensing more than thinking. Thinking is last. It's the last thing that comes. We're giving things through our senses. We're giving information through insight. And that's the natural process. But a lot of the time we're taught differently. We're taught to take in information through linear, through linear learning, which can help if we need to learn certain skills about, like, you know, acute or uh, acute traumas or medical or aspects in this reality. We need to learn the processes that other people learn through sensing through many hundreds of years um, and it's passed down in that way to give us a, a frame framework of how to do it. But But the other stuff, like, We've got to realize that that we're very, we're very new into this new reality and these new changes that are coming in the exponential age. There's going to be a lot of digital things and digital life and people living in the digital realm. And that's just another layer of capture for our attention to go into. And once we get deeper into these realms, how do we verify the information or the history or what's being told to us when we're too deep in that realm? When everything's taking our attention and our dopamine hits and our nervous system, how do we verify that? How do we connect to the signal? The signal gets drowned out more and more and more, right? So we start we start by teaching ourselves um, discernment with things. We start noticing the small changes before we make that turn with the race car or that turn with the you wings, know? and that's uh, that's what I like to pull people back to at the end of the day. It's like notice the small changes, notice the the tiny things that are happening inside you when, when an event happens in your life. Or when you make a choice, how does that feel? You know, what comes up after I feel before the mind gets in and it starts creating a narrative? Because that's that's a capture of encryption. So our language likes to we've been trained to capture our senses into an encryption of language, and that language has a certain meaning. And there's a lot of layers in language, like good morning, right? So we can actually start a language of a victim victimizer, we can take a sense that's trying to tell us something and it's trained to capture it into a language of becoming, he did it to me, she did it to me, it's not fair. Then we get stuck and it blocks out the signal to ourselves. So learning to start to change the words and change the linguistics of our language as it comes, we start to compound and assimilate little tiny noticings and little tiny seeds and they grow. And you start to add these little tiny seeds to all the events in your life and they grow and they're just based on small tiny tuning of the race car or, or of the or, or of the the wingsuit there's the small small adjustments and you take everything back through those small adjustments and you start to see more And you start to step back from your events and it, it starts to just assimilate so quickly because you're not trying to do work outside of yourself and practice things you're just it's, it's creating a reversal in our, in our reverse system. And now everything starts to work for us because we're changing the original coding inside of us. And it start it's very, it's not hard. It's just, it's just small little things of empowerment.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to say, I think it's, it's good that you said it's not difficult. It's only difficult if you want it to be, it doesn't have to be. And uh, it it is, it's definitely life-changing when you decide to just align with with what, like you said, sensing what is right for you, and also taking that necessary step when it's something that you have to overcome, and then just going with that flow—the ebbs and the flows, right? Because it's not always going to flow. But, but when you do that, things just come to you. You don't have to go and fetch things. uh You just wait for it. you come. It, things come to you, and you react to things that come in your now moment, which is what I always like to say is that that's. Oh, there's a thing flying here. <laughs> what I always like to say is that um, that's the only place where you can create really is a now and things will just come to you. You don't have to go and fetch them, you know.
1: We get better at the reactions because if I'm not sensing the feedback from the race car and I overreact, I can really throw myself off the race. Right. And we're always reacting to things. And then we have these programs and unconscious programs that have been given to us that have worked with us to keep safe and they start to activate. And then we get unconscious and then we have to step outside of that and kind of digest that after Like, oh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't react to that, but it all starts with, with noticing before it happens and, and, you know, training ourselves to notice before those reactions. And through this process, when we're less reactive, when we're less unconscious, it starts to make massive changes in our life because we're starting to catch things. And once we start to catch a few things, the next things we catch and catch, and then it starts to work for us the gym is with us and then we become more accountable that everything project into life is us we're not a victim it's us and there's something there to teach us and there's something there's a signal there that our body and our being and our vessel is giving us and we're able to understand the signal better we're able to to like understand and listen to that feedback better because the mind isn't getting in the way telling us we're the victim where the victimizer
0: right so it's, Yeah, I guess I could use the word react, right? And I guess a better word would be more like, um, I guess, take action. I don't know. What do you think?
1: But First we react and then we discover, right? So
0: Mm
1: -hmm. we can catch ourselves before we react is fine. But when we change the language, when we say react, 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 it's cycling. It's like, we're now like putting our, we're, we're angry that we reacted. And then we say react and then discover. And then we discover and it just, it alchemizes and starts to work for us. And it's just these codes and this language and this linguistics, like these are systems that we're building right now. I know I discussed, we're not ready to, to open them up to everyone, but like a programming language that gives people the power to understand things. Like one, one powerful one I'll give to you is uh let's let's do a thought experiment, right? And let's imagine that, you know, the world is you're you. I can stop there because i i said let's do a thought experiment you opened up to to your imagination to exploring whatever i said without friction if i started with a big thing like god and satan world is round or flat depending on your belief systems you would you would not take in the next things that i say but because i present it as a thought experiment we get to play around in our imagination we get to play around in the stories like we would in a movie and we may find something new here that helps us discover something about ourselves just because of the language that we're using, you know, and language that we use like love and trauma and and they're very programmed, you know, when you go into a trauma, there's physical trauma from movies and everything and is coming, it's got a trauma, 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 it's a very heavy, dense uh, coding. And then traumas generational trauma healing trauma 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 and it's i know it's very triggering for people because it's a lot in their work and the words that they use but it's a very if if you're describing if you're describing your your story to yourself or your history your path with trauma it's still there's still an energetic through that symbolism that's going to create a a sensitivity and and a and a feedback that might keep you from discovering, if you use the different word, like, I need to learn or connect with my past, you know, so I can discover myself that that lightens it up and it opens the language for us to start to explore differently without that, those anchors, Mm
0: -hmm. so. Oh, wow, yeah, like, you know, like you said, we could like take hours talking about this and I did just, you know, mention real briefly that. Uh, I, I am starting to feel like there's a need to move away from certain words, just like you were saying, that for me are mostly used in, in mainstream spirituality and that for me it's like oh, I don't really want to use that word over and over again it seems like we're using them every day and it's like, and since at some point it's like okay we need to like you said kind of change our way of presenting things to people I, I definitely agree with you on, on that one. Um, but yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. And we're running out of time here and then a little bit. We have to I have to go, but maybe just share a tiny bit of what you're doing. I know you can't say a lot because it's it's still in process of like development, but you know, for those who might be interested and sparked by what you do, they can of course contact you individually later on.
1: Yeah, we're working um working on specific technologies right now. And uh, I guess we found uh, a way to Rebalance certain systems, so that we can introduce this information at a more efficient level, um, and it's working quite well. So it'll be presented. We'll do another maybe podcast in a few months, and I can give people the actual aspect when it's done. But uh, it's very exciting, and we're working with <coughs> excuse me, working with very uh, very special people right now, and. Um, these people came in uh, to my world about five months ago, and we're all the same. And we're just just operating from heart on Godspeed and like bringing things in and staying on signal. And it's just, it's like the all star team. And I'm so grateful to have met them. It's been like, I feel like 40 years, and we're, we're doing a new contract. So, what's for the future is what we create and what we put our attention on. So, it goes back to the to the small changes. Everyone's looking at the external, the big changes. What's gonna happen in this great event? Well, what started it, you know, go back to the root. So we continue to work on this pace and pass it down generationally. Everyone can look all over the place. And if you look there, we'll still be going on our pace. You know, it's just, and if you want to join, join. If you wanna get off, get off, join, get off, it doesn't matter. We're going on our pace. And uh, there's no rush to save the world or change things. But um, the pace that I see that we're on is, is uh, helping consciousness, these consciousness technologies start to be understood and digested by the right people more. And, and that, that is staying a little bit ahead of uh, the fragmented uh, aspects that are also here. So it's just staying on that pace. And sometimes in racing, slow is fast. You know, you go operate slow, slow controls into the corner and you come out really fast. And uh, same with link suiting and everything else. And that's the pace that we're on right now. So, yeah.
0: Wow, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of this. It's been amazing. And uh, like I said, I just love the analogy. And it also makes me think of of my background in in running, you know, and how it's also similar, you know, how strategic you have to be in racing and all that. And, you know, uh, I want to invite people to think about things that you might have done in your childhood or that you might still be doing, whatever it may be, sports or an activity that you really like, and how that is helping you connect With what you're here to do, what your mission is and the skills that you have developed, you know, because I just love how you apply everything that you've learned from, from racing and uh, skydiving and everything into your work, because like you said, it's literally building you up to, to where you are now. And um, yeah, so it's, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think we did great today. It was a, it was a cool conversation we touched on things just perfectly. So happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm glad you're smiling at the end. So it's cool.
0: <laughs> of course, I, you know I always love talking to you. Like I said, we have our different points of view or whatnot because you know it's it's a. But I love how we can uh, come together and kind of um, just bring these messages in. You know,
1: we should be able to operate from our own identities, our own our own belief systems, and and share things and like use this use the opportunity to anything that triggers us to like look at it. You know, okay, what does this mean? Or anything that resonates to look at it, you know, and it's just this co-creative process of sharing information as, as these two vessels from two different places uh, of growth, you know, and different templates. And we can come together as these, you know, uh, sovereign beings and, and share with each other in abundance. Right. It's my view. This is your view. Let's, let's put it together. Let's trigger each other. Let's resonate together, you know, and like how well can we assimilate that?
0: Of course. And I, of course, resonate with a lot of what you said, like for the most part, you know, and that's also why I invited you here. If not, I, if you know, you know, if it didn't have anything to do with what the, the main message that I have to bring, then I would have said no. But but I was the one who invited you anyways, you know. so, <laughs> So thank you so much for being here and all that you're doing. And I'm just thinking about, you know, certain people that I know will get really inspired. Just off the top of my head, I can already think of some people, you know, it's like, what I was thinking is when you're doing, you know, uh, racing and all that, it's a whole different environment and even the people that you're relating to. And then all of a sudden you have this like huge shift in your reality yeah. where you're like, whoa, I, you know, what am I doing? I'm going to use this, of course, to benefit me for what I'm going to do later. But I'm going to completely shift yeah. my quality, you know,
1: right? like while you do certain things. Like, there was a portion of my personality that, that wanted me to race, but I didn't know that I would be using the, the, the codes from that now. But but some greater part of me did, you know? So it's like, you can go back, and that's what I mean by, like, owning it. I go back, and I see these patterns, and it just builds this trust inside me to just go into anything, you know? Just follow the signal. And, like, now I'm closer to the, to what these lessons are, further away, I started, I had intention to race, but like through the process, I learned all these skills that I can use now. And now I'm more in tune with like, with, with that greater messaging. And I, I follow, and I get out of my own way and I follow the breadcrumbs that it leads me. And I get closer and closer and closer, not higher self, but I get closer to the other selves that are hosted. They're more close, they're more in tune. So
0: yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's You know, like I said, it's just so in tune with the the main message of of this this podcast, and I know it will reach the people that it's meant to now. And then even in later years, more and more people are going to be tuning into this at the right timing, like you said, people that are on signal. So there we go. We've created something. Thank you so much for co-creating this with me. (laughs)
1: Yes, This this, this is exactly we co-created this and we're smiling after. So thanks for thanks for bringing me on. You know, a lot of people have been asking me to speak, and it's been uh, helping me get my voice out You know, so thank you.
0: Oh, this is perfect. Thank you again, and I'll see you again very soon, guys, for an, another episode. Uh, lots of changes coming up here in, in in a bit, but stay tuned. So say goodbye to everyone, Ryan. Hey
1: everyone, thank you for listening this far. It's been uh, I don't know how long, but thank you for listening this part.
0: thank you bye
1: bye guys